Coworkers, welcome back to another episode of Coworking, the podcast that brings you the conversations you're currently missing from your workplace. Bianca, I've had a few people ask us mm-hmm. if we are allowed to still call this coworking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think many of our listeners already know this, but some yeah. of them might not. So, yeah. We are we are no longer officially coworkers. No longer officially coworkers. We don't work for the same place anymore. But we're coworkers at heart, and I think that's what really matters. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be the hashtag. And we're all still working out of our basements. Yep. On the zooms, it's practically have, the same thing. I have not physically gone anywhere, but now, yeah, you and I both work at different companies. But I feel like we can still co-work, right? Like we have our own Discord channel that we talk to each other through. Yeah. I've got your phone number. We we can text. I mean, it was it was the same during the pandemic. We would <laughs> <laughs> we would talk to each other in kind of the same ways. The only yeah. thing that's different is that I'm no longer in the Slack channel at work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what else is exciting? Mm-hmm. I got vaccinated. Yes. Um, we, do you we know need some which... triumphant music? Yes. <laughs> Um, do you know which flavor of vaccine? Oh, yeah. yeah. I am Team Pfizer. Ooh! Have like you gotten it. yours yet? I got my first one. I am also Team Pfizer. Yes. So, mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the people in our area, uh, once they, they opened up the federal program to everybody, 18 plus, to all Nebraska yep. residents, I think most of those were Pfizer. I think... That's true because I think that's the only one that Hy-Vee carries. So if you went to okay. the Hy-Vee pharmacy, they exclusively mm-hmm. had Pfizer. I don't think I know anyone who had a Moderna shot, at least not in Nebraska. Yeah, I don't I don't know anybody in Nebraska that got a Moderna. Pfizer Pfizer's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, I I like to read the materials that they give me. Mm. When I like to look at the ingredients list. Did you have Light to look reading. at the ingredients list for, for the uh, Pfizer vaccine? I have not looked at the ingredients list. I know I filled out the yes or no <laughs> questions of like, are you allergic to these things that yeah. I don't even know what it is? Like propylene glycol. It's like, <laughs> do you know if you're allergic to this? I was like, I don't, I have no, I, I have no way of knowing. And I Googled it just to look at like, what things have propylene <laughs> glycol in them. And I'm like, I've, I'm probably not. Maybe. Yeah. So I, I read the ingredients list. The uh, And it's especially fun for the Pfizer vaccine. The top two ingredients. Yeah. mRNA. Okay. Which I never expected to see on an ingredients list. Yeah. And then lipids. And then oh. a whole bunch of other stuff. But like. I mean, that's that's the majority of it, of this yeah. vaccine is mRNA and lipids. Uh, and so then, you know, you got to dig deeper, figure mm-hmm. out what is mRNA? Does the yeah. M stand for Microsoft? <laughs> Somebody out there is assuming it does. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that the number of people that believe that is, that's a non-zero <laughs> number. 
Because, like, you know, the M is lowercase and then R and A is all uppercase. And they're mm. like, they're making the M lowercase to throw us off mm-hmm. the scent. Yeah. It doesn't stand for Microsoft. No. Uh, I do know what it stands for, though. What does it stand for, Bianca? Messenger RNA. What does RNA stand for, Bianca? Ribonucleic acid. Yes. Yay! I paid attention in 10th grade biology. <laughs> <laughs> so I I wanted to uh, do a deep dive on how does this mRNA vaccine work? So Pfizer and Moderna are both this mRNA vaccine. Yeah. Which, you know, it's kind of been making the news that these are the first uh, mRNA-based vaccines that the general public has been able to get. They're not the first ones that have been created, mm-hmm. but they're the first ones that have actually been like mass-produced and used. Um, how much do you know about this, Bianca? I don't know a ton about it. I honestly, so I, I remember hearing news articles about like, this is the first mRNA vaccine yeah. that's that's widely available. But then I was like, okay, cool. And I didn't look into it at all. I was just like, cool, this is going to allow me to do regular Bianca stuff that Bianca in 20, let's say 2019, Bianca did. See, a lot of people, they read that like, this is the first type of uh, mRNA vaccine and they get scared. Mm. Uh, Because they don't go look up how it works to try to gain an understanding. They just assume that uh, there's microchips in it Mm -hmm. or... Yeah, it's altering our DNA, things like that. Mm-mm. So I went, I went and I looked it up. And so to start with, first, you have to have a, uh, we got to go back to grade school. When, did you ever do the uh, the biology project or the science project where you make a model of a cell out of food? I don't think we did the food one. I'm pretty sure we had a coloring book. Okay. Where you could color we, in and... Also, the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Yes. Like every That's... every millennial knows that. Mm-hmm. Have we used mm-hmm. it in the rest of our lives? Likely not until now, no. maybe. Well, no. The mitochondria, no. they're they're not in this story, which is mm. sad because that's one of the few things I remember too. I think every every kid in Nebraska had to do a project where we created a model of a human cell mm-hmm. out of food. Steph and I talk about this all the time. Mine, <laughs> I took like, I took a big plastic Easter egg and I took one half of it and just like packed it with sugar to basically make hardened sugar. And then I just used a bunch of like food coloring and frosting and sprinkles and stuff to to make all the, the parts of my cell. That sounds delicious. And I'm pretty sure I tried to eat it later, but it didn't work out <laughs> very well. You can't let all that sugar and frosting go to waste. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. Uh, so thinking about that model of the cell, you probably remember uh, there's a nucleus inside mm-hmm. the cell. So it, a lot of times the cell will look kind of like a fried egg where mm. the egg white is, is most of the cell. And then you got the yolk is the nucleus. Inside the nucleus, there's only one thing we got to remember that's in there. And that's mm-hmm. the DNA. Yep. That's the important stuff that everybody cares about. Everybody knows what that looks like. It's mm-hmm. your, uh, the double helix yep. thing. Crick and Watson, I think, are the people that are credited with uh, discovering the double helix. Sure. That, yeah. sounds, that sounds good to me. 
All right. So so we've got that model in our heads of nucleus yes. somewhere in the middle of the cell, and inside of there is DNA. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, well, you know, one of the functions of a cell is to make things. Yeah. That's, that's what our cells do. They make lots of things. Some of those things stay inside the cell. Lots of those things leave the cell. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of proteins that these cells make. And so the way that that works is uh, something, it doesn't matter what, mm-hmm. it, uh, it goes and looks at the DNA inside the nucleus. Uh-huh. And, it, and it basically like copies down instructions from the DNA. Mm-hmm. And the way it does this is it creates mRNA. So when it's making a copy of some section of DNA, it creates mRNA. And then it brings that mRNA out of the nucleus. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of lets it float in this, the cytoplasm. Mm. Which is just like the every bits of the cell, yeah. <laughs> the the egg white, if you will. Yeah, I will. Yeah, uh, and there'll be there's tons of these mRNAs just kind of floating around in there, and then there's these other guys floating around, the ribosomes. I don't remember those from my sugar model. I remember the name. I don't remember what they do because they did not have a pithy sentence for us to remember like the mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure they had a sentence that just wasn't as cool. Mm-mm. Poor ribosomes. Anyway, the ribosomes, they find those strands of mRNA mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, cool. This is instructions to build something. So I'm going to go ahead and build it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm just yep. going to build it. And uh, the building blocks, like I said, they're floating in the every bits the cytoplasm, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just full of all these things that they can use to build whatever this mRNA is telling them to build. And that's, I mean, in a nutshell, that's kind of the basis of how our cells make things. Yeah. There's the DNA is instructions, but the ribosomes, they don't get a peek at those instructions. Mm-hmm. Something else has to copy them down into mRNA. The mRNA, that's allowed to come out of the nucleus. Ribosomes are never allowed inside the nucleus. That's Mm-mm. authorized personnel only. Yeah, that's a that's a VIP area, and they've mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then yeah, the ribosomes find it and they they make their stuff. So, I thought of a good analogy for this mm-hmm. is imagine uh, imagine like a warehouse or just a this big open building, yeah, uh, full of children that love to play with Legos. Yes. And there's tons of Legos everywhere. The every bits. It's Legos, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but these children, they're a little bit older. And they're not very creative. But they know how to follow instructions. Mm-hmm. You hand them some instructions on how to build Legos, they will build it. They will find all yep. the pieces they need. They will build it exactly to those instructions. Yep. And then these children are not unsupervised. There's some babysitters there. But they're the type of babysitter that can't really be bothered to care about much sure. they, yeah. as long as the kids aren't bothering them they're good mm-hmm. to go uh so the way that they get the kids to stop bothering them is they go into this special room in the center of the building mm-hmm. that's the nucleus yep and uh they just like write down a bunch of instructions lego instructions off of this master book mm-hmm. and then they come out they don't even hand it straight to a kid they just kind of throw it out, <laughs> in, out into the in the big room. So there's all these like instructions just kind of floating around out there and kids are just kind of walking around. They, they grab some instructions. They, they build a thing. 
they throw those instructions somewhere else. Eventually, those instructions get destroyed just because children are children. Oh, That's sure. what they do. Yeah, there's like ketchup on it. Um, the Somehow the the instructions become the toy and then they just get shredded and then you have to throw it out. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So normally, under normal circumstances, healthy, uh, healthy construction, mm-hmm. the only things these kids are building is whatever is in that DNA. Mm-hmm. The idea behind like medical synthetic mRNA, stuff like this vaccine, is what if we could sneak in some instructions to get those kids to build something else that they normally wouldn't build, but it could be really useful for the body. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the idea. It's like, let's sneak in some instructions to get them to build something, and that's going to be helpful. So for this particular case, uh, the COVID vaccine, Mm-hmm. They thought, what if we could get the cell to build uh, – well, do you remember what the, the COVID uh, virus looks like? Like everybody's probably seen this picture. It's got all these spikes like a crown on it. Yeah. It reminded me of like um, – do you ever have a koosh ball? Oh, yeah, yeah. Up? Yeah, it reminded me of like if you pluck some of the fun things off of it and it's like a partially <laughs> bald koosh ball that like – yeah. The the diagram, like the, the tentacles or whatever you would call it, they stick up a little. They mm-hmm. don't stick up as far, but they stick up straighter than a koosh ball would. But that's the loose approximation in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sad koosh ball. Mm-hmm. That, that's the that's the coronavirus. Yep. Uh, so the idea is what if we could get those those kids to build something that looks a whole lot like the spikes on the outside of a coronavirus Mm-hmm. And then uh, get them to more or less like stick those spikes on the outside of the cell that they're in, and then this cell, this you know, like muscle cell, usually yeah. would look like a coronavirus, and then the body's immune system would be like, "That doesn't look right. We better right. do something about that." Yeah, intruder alert. Yeah, and then they would naturally start like attacking it and and try to create antibodies. Now, obviously it's not a coronavirus. Mm -hmm. It's a human cell and it's not going to do anything nefarious. It's not going to suddenly go into your respiratory system and wreak havoc. Right. So, you know, if you could do this, that'd be a pretty good way to build up some antibodies. Mm -hmm. There's a problem though. Uh How do you sneak in this mRNA? Because you can't just like inject a person with mRNA and expect that to get inside these cells. Oh. Because your, you know, your immune system is going to see anything that looks out of the ordinary, right. And be like, yeah, that, that's not supposed to be here. Let's let's destroy that. Yeah. And so this idea, this mRNA idea, has been around for a while. Uh, I had seen something talking about it. You know, they first started thinking about it in the '60s. Oh wow! But. They could never figure out how do we actually get this stuff into right. the cells because mRNA is not very durable. It, it breaks apart very easily. Uh, like even, you know, like I said, after these ribosomes use it, a lot of times mm-hmm. it'll get destroyed. Not necessarily after the first use, but eventually it'll just kind of break apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a, a scientist by the name of, I'm going to butcher the, the pronunciation of this. I'm ready Catalin for it. Sure. She's she's from Hungary. Okay. Uh, but in the 90s, she was working at the University of Pennsylvania. 
And uh, she was a believer that she could figure out how to get the mRNA inside the cell and basically get these cells to build these things that, that could help a lot. And it wasn't going very well during the 90s. Yeah. The 90s weren't great to her. But after close to a decade, she did figure it out. Uh, her and a, uh, a partner, they had figured out uh, there were two things involved. It was they made an adjustment to the RNA strand itself mm-hmm. so that it was a slightly more durable, but it still looked like messenger RNA. And then they also figured out how to encapsulate it uh, in lipids. Like that was that was one of the ideas. That's why that's the second ingredient is because that's what they're uh, encapsulating this mRNA with is these lipids. Got it. So they kind of did the proof of concept. And then shortly after that, the guy that went on to found Moderna, he uh... caught on and he was like, oh, I see. I see the potential in this. Yep. Because uh, at the time it wasn't they weren't even thinking like, oh, this is going to make great vaccines. They were thinking we can get these cells to build things that will help fight cancer. And that's always that's always been one of the uh, like the main goals of this technology is let's build, um, you know, cancer treatments for people. But they also realized, oh, we could probably do this, you know, to create vaccines. Yeah. Uh, At the same time that Moderna was spinning up and and trying to learn all this stuff, there was another small company called BioNTech. Mm-hmm. And that is the uh, you probably heard about the the husband wife duo that that created the vaccine, and mm-hmm. they went on to partner with Pfizer to to develop the Pfizer vaccine, which we are both team Pfizer. Hallelujah! Yep, yep. let's go. Uh, so they they were kind of figuring out the same stuff, um, but some of the processes that the, these two companies were using were slightly different. So Moderna, mm-hmm. they were really focusing on how do we encapsulate this. Uh, mRNA in, in some robust way. Mm-hmm. Um, Pfizer was a little bit slower on that. And so when the news broke that, hey, we've got a COVID vaccine, mm-hmm. we've got a Moderna one and a Pfizer one. If you recall, uh, Pfizer, everybody was freaking out because it had to be stored at these super cold temperatures. Right. Yeah. And that is because they needed those cold temperatures for the lipids to stay together. Otherwise, it would just break apart and you'd have your mRNA floating about, however, and it's never going to make it into the cells. Moderna, they've been doing such a good job on theirs. They didn't need the cold temperatures. Their lipids were solid. Not literally solid. They they were good. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Are lipids solid? Probably not. They're such a small, they're, they're nanoparticles. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of how those two vaccines like uh, came into play with this mRNA idea. Mm-hmm. And once they figured out like the lipids and you know this is how we're going to get the mRNA into the cells, everything else was like seemed pretty straightforward to me. Yeah. Uh, so once COVID hit, uh, you know Chinese scientists they'd been working on the the virus a lot and uh that virus it has i believe it has dna it might just have rna but i think it's dna mm-hmm. uh they sequenced that whole dna strand and they published it 
sometime in January of, of 2020. Sure. Uh, I think it was within two days of, it was either within two days of that or two days of when they first started trying, Moderna had already been able to create the mRNA that would is necessary to generate those little spike proteins. Wow. So, so remember that idea like, oh, we're going to get the kids with Legos to build these spikes? Right. Within two days, they figured out like, well, here's the instructions to do that. Yeah. Which is, it's amazing. But a lot of that is because, you know, we've been researching DNA and RNA mm-hmm. for so long. And I mean, it's that equipment's around. It's, yeah. it's not that hard for the scientists. It'd be hard. We for have the technology. It's right. not DIY level yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not going to Lowe's being like, oh, can you tell me where your messenger RNA uh, mm-hmm. kits are? Because so, I would like to build stuff at home. Yeah. But yeah, so they they got that part down really fast. And that's how they were able to get to some of these testing phases so quickly. Because, mm. you know, old traditional vaccines that require the actual virus and then you try to like in, right. weaken it or just kill it completely, that's much harder to manufacture. It's very mm. easy to manuf- manufacture the, the mRNA. Um, I don't know that BioNTech advertised as much about like how fast they were able to do it. This is a very fascinating uh, dynamic between Moderna and BioNTech, where Moderna is like the hot shot, very public. Look at me. Look at all these mm-hmm. great things I'm doing. And BioNTech is like, they're, they're just being quiet in the corner, but still doing really great work. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of fascinating. Um, Yeah, so they both were able to make their vaccines really quickly. Um, and then... You know, obviously they went through the testing and we're using them now. Yeah. It was not the first mRNA vaccine that either of them had created. Hmm. Uh, Moderna had created, I believe they had created a few different mRNA drugs, but they'd never like gone all the way through clinical testing. Mm -hmm. Um, And BioNTech, they had worked on a couple, um, I think it was BioNTech. It might've been Moderna. One of these two, they might've tried Ebola. Uh, but I know like Zika was up there, um, sure. some, other, some other viruses, they were, they were trying to make these mRNA vaccines for it. And uh, one of the problems that they were running into early on was uh, they would create too much of an immune response when they, when they would inject it. Oh, interesting. So like you, your body would see like, there's too many bad things here. Let right. me go, let me go nuts. So they, they had to like tune it just right. Uh, mm-hmm. to get to where they are now with these. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of the, the gist of these is like they figured out, hey, there's this building full of kids. Let's hide our instructions in this lipid bubble. Mm-hmm. And we'll just kind of like press these bubbles up against the windows of this building. And then there's going to be some other kids that are like, oh, that looks fun. Let's yeah, let's pop that bubble. And then all these instructions just kind of fly into the cell. And remember those babysitters, they don't care. Right. They're not paying attention to the fact that there's these, uh, you know, rogue instructions flying right, about. Because the instructions aren't trying to break in to the warehouse. They're mm-hmm. just like outside having a good time. Um, and does a set of instructions happen to like breeze past a window and a kiddo says like oh let me try that that seems cool yeah Yeah. and the kids they're not 
they're not checking. Are these mm-hmm. instructions from the nucleus? No, right. they don't. They don't even care. They're kids. Yeah, because they don't and, know if it came from the nucleus because they don't get the original set of instructions anyway. Mm-hmm. They only get the photocopied ones. And just imagine if one of these kids walked up to one of the babysitters and said, "Hey, are these instructions legit?" And the babysitter's mm-hmm. like, "Leave me alone." Yeah. I'm watching yeah. Bridgerton on Netflix. Get out of here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So those kids, they go on, they build these proteins. Mm-hmm. They build the little spikes. And then the spikes eventually make their way to the the outside of the cell. And it's like the yeah. cell's putting on this hat that says, look at me. I'm a coronavirus. <laughs> and then your room, immune system says, oh, n- no, we... We got to mm-hmm. do something about this. And then it's it's unclear to me what happens next. Like if the immune system is like, hey, buddy, that hat's not allowed here. We're going <laughs> to we got to take you down now. Right. And then the cell's like, well, no, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm yeah, just kidding. No, it's fine. We're good. But I do think that it's mostly because, you know, we get this injection in the arm. It's mostly like muscle tissue, muscle cells uh-huh. that, that do this. Uh, so I don't know if it's like <laughs> if our immune system's destroying a bunch of our muscle cells. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, my arm was pretty sore afterwards. So maybe there was there was something happening. It felt like I had really just been like socked in the arm when I got like the day after I got my vaccine. Yeah. So then, you know, this is how the Pfizer and Moderna one works. And yep. then I got curious, how does the Johnson Johnson one work? Because mm-hmm. I, I hadn't heard anything about like um, a live vac- a live virus vaccine or even a weakened mm-hmm. virus vaccine or dead virus vaccine. Right. Um, and I also kept hearing people worried like, oh, these vaccines can give you COVID. The mRNA ones obviously cannot. There's like, right. it's ma- it's tricking your cells into appearing like coronavirus. Yeah. It's You're not going to get covid from that Mm -hmm. Uh, but what about the johnson and johnson one yeah well the johnson and johnson one is also not using the coronavirus at all it's not using mrna it's actually getting more complicated more mission impossible really (gasps) it's putting dna into the nucleus of the cell hang on yeah oh That's what, okay, so then how does that work? So, uh, these scientists at, I don't know if they're at Johnson Johnson or with some other company that partners with Johnson Johnson. Sure. They have specialized in using the structure of what's called an adenovirus, or maybe it's adenovirus. Okay. Nobody provides pronunciations for these words, (laughs) so I'm just making them up as I go. They're just in the news. No one tells you how to talk about it, how to pronounce it. Somebody makes up this word, but they don't have the framework to tell the world this is how you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Greg, I think I smell a website in our future of how to pronounce (laughs) hard science words. Yeah. We'll talk about it after. I'm going to go with adenovirus. Uh Uh-huh. Just because I saw a YouTuber say it that way. Sure. So this... This type of virus, there's there's many variants of this virus, but uh, if you imagine it is a strand of DNA encapsulated in what looks like a hexagon, it's obviously the real thing's 3D, but you know if sure. you take a slice of it, it's going to look like a hexagon. 
And that hexagon specializes in attaching to the outside of one of our cells, getting the whole hexagon into the cell, then attaching to the nucleus, and then pushing its DNA inside of the nucleus. Oh, wow. Now, normally for these viruses, the DNA is a set of instructions on how to make more copies of the virus. Right. And so, you know, once that's in the nucleus, they they just call it the cell machinery, but I'm going to call it the 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 chaos of the children and the babysitters. <laughs> Cuz the babysitters, again, they don't care what what master book they're reading out of. They just mm-hmm. need some instructions to uh distract the children. Yep. So they're going to go into the vault, the nucleus, and they're like, oh, hey, there's another book of instructions here. Cool. Let's let's copy some out of that. And they hand that to the children. And the children Mm -hmm. are like, cool, let's just build this stuff. The children don't realize that they are building more copies of a virus. Uh Uh-oh. And then those copies of the virus, they they will leave the cell one way or another. Whether the cell is intact or not, many times the cell just ends up bursting. Sure. Because that's what viruses do, you know, they destroy yep. our cells. Yep. So that's how an adeno- adenovirus typically works. Mm-hmm. But the scientists associated with Johnson and Johnson, they specialize in, well, let's take the that capsule of the adenovirus, put our own DNA in there that does something a little less nefarious, maybe right. even beneficial. And so they came up with a DNA strand of Here's how go build some protein spikes, very similar to the oh. mRNA vaccines for Pfizer and Moderna. And so wow. that's that's what the Johnson Johnson one does is it it takes the that shape of an adenovirus, but with yep. a DNA strand for um, for creating those protein spikes. Interesting. And, so, you know, you think about the room with the kids. Now, they are so Mission Impossible where they actually get their the bubble. You know, it's not a lipid bubble anymore. It's this hexagon thing. Yeah. They get that into the room with kids. Yeah. And then they somehow make it to the vault and they are able to crack open. I mean, this vault doesn't even have windows. Yeah. They like jimmy the lock on the door mm-hmm. just right that they can quick throw in this master book. And then the hexagon just kind of disintegrates inside of the every bits. Wild. Which like now, now I understand uh, why the ingredient list of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine probably does not include lipids because Mm -hmm. they're, they're not using MRNA at all, which is like you'd said before, really fragile and just breaks apart. And that's Mm -hmm. why it needs the, the lipid vehicle to get into your body it's using the shell of a previously identified virus yeah and then mixing up the inside and saying jk it's actually coronavirus adjacent in that it teaches you <laughs> it still teaches you how to make the spiky things yep. on the outside oh and it just uses the like the shell of that other virus to be like Yo, I'm in your body now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. And so both of these types of vaccines, they they don't need uh, copies of the actual virus. They just 
they just needed that DNA sequence, which they got from the Chinese scientists. Yeah. And then they were able to go from there. That's bananas. And it's still the same thing. You know, after after all the children create all those protein spikes, they, they end up being attached to the outside of the cell. That's the cell put on the hat. And then the immune system's like, hold up. Something ain't right here. Hey, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, fr- a really good friend of mine is pregnant. And her doctor told her that she couldn't get the Johnson & Johnson one. And I was like, oh, that's so specific. Like, I wonder why not. And so I Googled it real quick. And all I found was, oh, pregnant women can't get live virus vaccines um, because they're they're growing a person. Mm -hmm. Right. And that that tiny person doesn't have an immune system other than its mother's uh, at the moment. But I didn't realize that it was like faking a virus instead of doing the mRNA thing. So long story short, she's team Pfizer because (laughs) she has to be team Pfizer. Team Pfizer is the best team. I mean, it's the team that you and I are on. Yeah, obviously. Uh, I, I have also heard that the Moderna one, um, if you get the Moderna one, more folks experience, worse side effects but i don't know i haven't had my second dose yet yeah i'm still waiting on the second dose of mine too yeah but i've also heard that people that have very recently had covid they will also experience uh quite the immune response to that shot because if you think about it you know you and i we get the shot a bunch of our cells put on the hat to look like coronavirus and our immune system's got to be like Oh, let's ramp up the the war factory to try to fight this off, and yep. and so it can't fight it right away. But you know, once that war factory is built up, and all those cells put on the hats the next time, they're mm-hmm. like, "All right, we're ready for this. Let's yep. roll out the troops. Let's go." Yeah, raining hellfire down on yeah. these so you get, cells you get with your heads. Fever. You get your headaches. Yep. Oh, woof. Um, so does in your research on the mRNA one, did you come across anything that describes why you need two shots? It, I believe it's just part of that tuning of like, well, we can Got inject it. this many in a person without side effects, um, but it's it's Got not it. enough to like, we didn't have enough cells put on the hats to really uh, get the... the antibodies built up for an average person that makes sense yeah yeah you 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 definitely build up some antibodies after the first one they just want you to have more got it yeah because you said they had done mrna uh, style vaccines before but there was for some folks just an incredible immune response and they were like okay we're gonna we're gonna tamp this down just a little bit that makes sense but yeah so uh, these companies, you know, BioNTech and Moderna, which, by the way, this is just a fun fact. Moderna is uh, uh, it's called that because it's a combination of modified and RNA. Oh, th- now I feel like such a dummy for not having seen that. <laughs> and nobody, nobody would have guessed. No, but but when you explain it and it's just like it's hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Oh, 
Uh, BioNTech was also short for three different words, but that's just like the old, the old style of let's take some science words and just mush them together into something yep. that's silly. Moderna, they put a little bit more thought into, but like I said, mm-hmm. they are the hot shots. Like, look at me. Yes. They have the fancy branding. They've got the mm-hmm. fancy name. They're they've got their they've got a uh, what I assume to be a higher budget PR team putting all this info out there into the ether. Yep. Uh, yeah, they went public a little while, a few years ago, like before the pandemic hit, and their valuation was very high. Sure, I'm sure it's much higher now. Uh, yeah. But the the I think a lot of the medical community is just very excited about what these companies will be able to do because, like I said, you know, vaccines wasn't the real goal for these, mm-hmm. um, but it is still fascinating that they were able to create these vaccines so quickly using this technology but their real goal is like how can we get these cells to create little proteins that will help a person fight cancer or fight Mm -hmm. off all these other things and uh when i was learning about that there was something else that clicked for me have you ever heard of uh there's this game i I put quotes around this game Mm -hmm. uh called folding at home no I have never actually messed around with this, but it's basically this app that I want to say it first started making the news like 15 years ago. It's kind of old. Okay. And uh, it's this app to try to figure out how to create proteins that will naturally fold up into specific shapes. Because anytime we're talking about how, you know, proteins in the body interact with each other, it's almost always just has to do with the shape. You know, they talk about receptors like, mm. well, the coronavirus can easily attach to the outside of these cells. Well, that's because of the shape of the spike and the, you know, the shape of the outside of the cell. Yeah. And so when they're trying to figure out how can we fight cancer, they might theorize, well, if we add a protein that could latch onto this piece here, you know, that could help fight this issue. But there's this question, how do we how do we make a protein that's going to be that shape? Because mm-hmm. it's impossible to just predict. I shouldn't say impossible. It's incredibly difficult to just sure. predict. They have supercomputers on this now just kind of running simulations. But this game was like, well, here are the basic rules of how proteins will fold up. So uh, everybody out there with a computer... You try to just play around with all of these, uh, I think they're called like polypeptides, all the pieces of this protein, just to kind of see how they fold and see what kind of shapes you can make. And I think there were challenges of like, you know, here is a shape that nobody has made yet. See if you can make that shape. And so I never understood uh, how how that would be important to know like, oh, this is how you would make a protein of this shape but now i get it if you figure out this is how you make a protein of that shape they can then easily figure out well this is the messenger rna Mm -hmm. that we would hand those children with the legos yeah and they would be able to make it and just pump them out and then your body would just have these proteins that could help you with whatever that's incredible that that feels like um like the original Netflix prize where they were like, make a better algorithm. Just you do it at home. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's wild. I Every time I hear... Every time a person smarter than me tells me about what's happening in the science community, of course, in a way that I can explain it, um, <laughs> it, it just, I just am constantly in awe of what the human body can do. Like, it's, it's incredible that we know enough about, like, these small teeny mm-hmm. teeny tiny like you can't see the mitochondria you can't see the nucleus of a cell with your naked eye you need like really good microscopes to see that small and we know how to make things or how to tell the body how to make things it's incredible it's ugh. just just in awe See, now I, I feel like I need to make a food model to show how the mRNA works. Yep. Have the have the little lipid bubble. Mm-hmm. The lipid would be like a jelly bean, I think. I'm into it. I'm just, you know, it's the season right now for the jelly mm-hmm. beans. Yes. Which, by the way, slight tangent, we tried Swedish fish jelly beans. Have you seen these? That's a thing? Yeah. Not as good as regular Swedish fish, because I love Swedish fish. Swedish fish are great. But it, uh, you eat them, and you you think, wow, this is this is like Swedish fish, but with a Ugh. with a hard, crunchy shell. I don't like a ton of fake cherry flavored things, but I got to tell you, Swedish fish are the. I don't even know if Swedish fish is that are the cherry flavor? flavor. I don't know what it is. I just assume <laughs> it is because it's red. Like all things that are red are cherry flavored to me, unless otherwise specified. Everything red is cherry. Um, tangent on the tangent. If you've <laughs> ever been to the Nebraska Crossing outlets, oh, yeah. there's a there's a shop there called Rita's. Uh, oh, I haven't been to ice. that though. So. Rita's is incredible. I used to go to Rita's what feels like all the time when I lived in Philadelphia because it was really popular on the East Coast. And then it finally made its way to Nebraska. And I was like, this is it. I can stay in Nebraska for my entire life because we have a Rita's now. Um, And they have Swedish fish, sometimes Swedish fish flavored Italian ice. I had to say that because otherwise I was going to (laughs) get tongue tied. Um, they also make marshmallow peep uh, in the in the spirit of Easter. Marshmallow peep flavored Italian no, ice. No. Awful. Terrible. The key lime is incredible. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I know you're a dessert person. So like that with uh, vanilla custard on top of it. Oh, wow. Uh, now, do they, do they give a free sample at that? Because whenever yes. we're at the Nebraska Crossing, we always make a stop in at the Lint chocolate store. Only because you get a free sample of a lint chocolate every time you go. Yep. Now, yep. granted, we usually leave that store with like $50 worth of chocolate. <laughs> but we went in with the good intentions of only eating the one sample. It's how they get you. Because mm-hmm. you, you're like, oh, this is so good. It would also be good in three hours. I'm going to buy like nine bags of this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So yeah, vaccines, they're crazy. Yep. They're so <laughs> crazy. I started talking about custard and the the Nebraska Crossing outlets. This is not an ad. This is just 
me being really into custard and Italian ice. But it could be an ad if Rita's is listening. Absolutely. Rita's, hit us up. I'm your biggest <laughs> fan. So to recap the vaccines. Yeah. Because uh, there's people speculate wildly on Facebook, on social media. Yeah. Mm. It is literally impossible to get mm. COVID from these vaccines. Mm-hmm. Literally. And I'm not using literally like I would use figuratively. I'm, right. I mean, literally, it is impossible. In the true spirit of the word, literally. Mm-hmm. So if you ever hear about somebody that got the vaccine and then got COVID, no, that is just coincidence. They got COVID at roughly the same time they got right. the vaccine. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vaccine does not change your DNA. Nope. Moderna and Fi- Pfizer, especially... Because mm-hmm. remember, they're just they're just plugging the mRNA into yeah. the the cytoplasm, the ever bits mm-hmm. of your cells. Then they're not even touching the nucleus. I thought it was funny. I looked on the CDC website, and they have a page talking about the mRNA vaccines, and they they make this big note of like it's important to know that nothing goes inside the nucleus for these. Yeah. But then I was like, but wait, what are you going to say on the Johnson Johnson page? Because that one definitely does. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, yeah, Pfizer and Moderna, obviously, is not mm-hmm. going to touch your DNA because yeah. it can't. It's not even getting inside the nucleus. But the, the Johnson Johnson one, it does. It does get in there. But it does. I mean, it's not doing anything that a, a different virus isn't already doing. Like these right. viruses have existed for a long time. Right. I'm sure much longer than any of us have been around. And they've been injecting DNA into these cells. Now, they don't change your DNA in, in terms of like, oh, the, you know, this cell's not going to replicate and then uh, carry along that new DNA with it. Most likely, right. the cell's just going to die. Right. Uh, and so, you know, the Johnson Johnson one, yes, it is. It is plugging some DNA into your nucleus. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is benevolent DNA. Yeah. Uh <laughs> There are several things that you have said so far where I'm like, that's the name of my my new band. Um, Every Bits definitely was one mm-hmm, of them. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, you said Lipid something. I'm going to have to go back. Uh, lipid Bubble uh, was definitely the name of a band. Yeah. Oh, there Benevolent was another DNA. one said. Benevolent DNA is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. definitely the name of my new punk band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I recognize why people would be a little hesitant. Let's let's just say there have been some things in our our country's past that have not gone well, like the Tuskegee experiments mm, or yeah. or um, MK Ultra, mm-hmm, where like mm-hmm. people weren't uh, forthright with their intentions, but. This is not one of those things because uh, I know people who are fully vaccinated and they are doing great, thriving. Uh, My my husband's grandparents, for one thing, they've been vaccinated. We're super excited. Like, I can't wait for us to be vaccinated so that we can go visit them. It's going to be great. Yeah, the the, the first time you just sit within uh, three feet of somebody, no mask. It's it's gonna be great. Just huffing air back and forth. <laughs> Just breathing in each other's faces. <laughs> yeah. I haven't Can't gotten wait. a haircut this entire time. 
I I was telling somebody the other day that I just look like a beached mermaid. Like my hair is just <laughs> long and just looks like it's been out in the sun. Like it's just scraggly at this point. I'm so I'm really excited to start doing some of the things that I was doing before. Not all of them. We're we're out here putting boundaries on some things that maybe <laughs> I don't want to do anymore. Yeah. But but the the really wonderful thing about the vaccine is that like you can you can hang out with other people again. I know. You can both be safe. Like you can keep yourself safe, you can keep the other person safe. It's going to it's going to be dope. You know, if you remember the episode we did about irrational fears. Yes. One of my big ones was the needles. Talked a lot about the needles. Yes. I had never been so excited to go get a needle poked in my arm. Oh, how did you, how did you do with the vaccine? Well, it wasn't like taking blood. So I yeah, know yeah. that so- your, I know that your fear <laughs> of having your arm twitch and just like, yeah. just look like a murder scene wasn't uh, eligible as mm-hmm, a fear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when the, when it's just getting poked in the side of my arm, there's not a whole lot I can do to, to, sure make things go terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, I mean, that wasn't a big deal. It was confusing. Now I can't look at it at all. I just, I turn my head, I look in the other direction and I just kind of guess what's going on. And yep. it, this one really threw me for a loop because the first thing she did was put the bandaid on. And I was like, hold yes. up. What did you already do the shot? And I just missed right. it. Yeah. And then she was like, all right, take a deep breath. I'm like, I'm so confused right now. <laughs> Do you get the circle band-aid? Yes. And it's not even a band-aid. It's a it's no. a little window. <laughs> it's a window into the blood. <laughs> it's a win it is. It's a window where you can watch yourself just like drip blood. <laughs> yeah. So for anybody that doesn't know, let me describe this. Uh, imagine imagine a donut, a band-aid in the shape of a donut. Mm-hmm. But it's got this uh, this clear film over it. So mm-hmm. they put that on your arm. And that's basically the target. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just go ahead and they poke the shot through the film. And, and then you're done. Yeah. And then your blood, any blood that comes out, just pools up <clears throat> inside of this window. So I didn't even look at, I didn't even look at the Band-Aid afterwards. I mm-hmm. just put my shirt back down, called it good. It wasn't yep. until the next day... When I took my shirt off to go take a shower and I looked at it and it was like, there's all this blood in there. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. It was, yeah, it's, it, uh, the way that I am used to needles and blood and things happening, we're gonna have to put a content warning on this episode, (laughs) uh, is that they do the thing and then they just put a little bandaid on it. Yeah. But this one, the, the doctor in high V was like, oh, we put the Band-Aid on first. And I said, Charlie, what now? <laughs> um, and he was he was telling me how it's like a membrane. Um, like, do you ever have like one of those self-healing cutting boards? Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Doing arts and crafts and stuff? Yeah, where like you can poke the thing through and then it goes, and it just supposedly goes back to the way it was, which was fine. The thing that wasn't fine was that the bottom of my Band-Aid kind of came loose Oh no! Uh, (laughs) Ended up dripping down my arm. I was fine, but to your point earlier, I also so 
for the listeners who have not seen me, I have a lot of piercings in or around my face. Uh, <laughs> as as many piercings as I have, I'm still not like, let me watch the needle. I'm still like, yep, I'm just gonna like, okay, you go here. I'm gonna look this way. We're gonna be good. Um, yeah, when they take my blood, I don't watch it either. Like, nope, I'm good. Like, very good. Some people, some people like to watch that, and I, oh, Mm-mm. not a fan. But yeah, I am a I was... fan of eventually getting it. And yeah. then being out here, being safe. Yeah, I was, like I said, never been so excited to get poked Ugh. by a needle. The just the 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 sheer trade off of what you get with this needle poke mm-hmm. versus versus all the other ones I've ever gotten. I mean, granted, yeah. I don't know why I got a lot of the ones I I got before. <laughs> I'm sure there was good reasons. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to imagine what lockjaw is like. Why do I need this tetanus shot? Yeah. I've never, I have been vaccinated against things that I don't think I've known another person to have had it. But I have to remind myself that I assume it was bad enough. Absolutely. That it was, it's probably the right thing to do (laughs) to get this vaccine. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt was in a wheelchair because he had polio. If you're telling me that I don't have to be, like, paralyzed or partially paralyzed from a virus and I can just have a vaccine to protect me from it? Yeah, I'm going to freaking do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I will yeah. say it it uh, it felt different afterwards than getting my yearly flu shot. And I think some of it, uh, when you were saying that it's the muscle cells that are kind of doing their thing yeah i think that's that makes a lot of sense as to why yeah that could be yeah the future is bright with this mrna technology i'm excited to just kind of pay attention and see where it goes from here uh and it it could very well be that you know they this could be more common for vaccines because like i said they can just make them so quick all they need is to to know you know, what is the mRNA sequence that we need to make to, yeah. to make the cells look like the bad guy? And then uh, our immune system just does the rest. That's incredible. Science. Well, we would love to hear from you. Are you as excited about science? Do you have other science topics that you want us to talk about? With my 10th grade level biology, I'll I'll see what I can do. Greg's most likely to do the the research and we'll we'll do another deep dive for you. Um I can't call my biology teacher but we're going to we can do some things. Uh but again, we would love to hear from you. So make sure to hit us up on Instagram. We're at coworking_podcast. If you've got a topic suggestion for us, again, could be science related, might not be science related. What about pop culture? What about uh things that you're doing in your everyday life? Let us know. DM us on Instagram. We're sure that you have friends that are missing their random office chit-chats. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend about us. That's it for this week. We'll see you again in two weeks. Bye.